2: Welcome to the Nightcap on 700 WLW. Gary Jeff Walker sitting down, checking in for this Tuesday evening. And now that I've had a full day to recoup and recover and reflect, yes, I can finally talk about what happened at Paycor Stadium Sunday afternoon when your Cincinnati Bengals once again lay waste to my Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, my Mahommy! why do you forsake me? Now, there were more important things to discuss last night, so we didn't even talk about football at all. But I wanted another day under my belt to digest this incredibly uncanny loss. A third time to this team? Patrick Mahomes, in the last two years, is 20-2 against the rest of the NFL. Against Joe Burrow and the Bengals, he is now 0-3. Once is an anomaly. Twice is a coincidence. Three times, my friends, is a trend. And I fear the repercussions of this going down the road to the playoffs. I'm confident my Kansas City Chiefs will win their division and, you know, get their first round bye, even perhaps a first round bye. Maybe not. But I'm confident they'll be, you know, at least a two seed in the AFC The Bengals now number five. Who knows? Depending on what happens with Baltimore at the end of the season, the Bengals could be numero uno in the AFC North. I know a lot of people love to see that. In fact, I'd love to see it. But not at the expense of my beloved Kansas City Chiefs. We will discuss my pain and my reckoning with the fact that these Bengals may, in fact, just be better than Kansas City. Oh, I swear in a stack of Andy Reeds, I never thought I'd see this day. Sackcloth and ashes. Tears and the gnashing of teeth. Pain and suffering. in the Sarlis Pit. Now, uh, none of that. I'm happy to see the Bengals win and just surprised... That the Chiefs would let the Bengals have their number once again wasn't the refs. It wasn't the home crowd. Kansas City cheers as loud as anybody in the NFL when they're playing home games. So it wasn't that wasn't nerves? The Bengals were just well. Um, this is hard for me to say. The Bengals. I'm going to struggle through this. I'm going to get through this. The Bengals, led by Joe Burrow, were. But better than the Chiefs, again, it's amazing stuff. Uh, We'll talk more about that and some more sports-related issues with our friends Andy Furman. Jay Armstrong is back on the program tonight after a long absence. The stand-up comedian, the photographer, the vape king of northern Kentucky. Dave Hatter with a tech update before we're all done. Daniel Greenfield will join us. And uh, Savannah Maddox coming up next as we continue. Again, Georgia runoff's going on all day today. Herschel Walker, Raphael Warnock. Warnock came into the day with a slight lead in all the polls for whatever they're worth. I'm sure it'll all get sorted out as soon as the Democrats have found enough votes to declare themselves the winners. Savannah Maddox coming up next. It's the nightcap. Glad to have you. 700 WLW.
3: While lesser morning programming bombards you with mind-numbing ho-humness and tedious chit-chat, Mike McConnell swoops into action to bring you a super morning. You don't have a lesser host. You have me, Mike McConnell. Not only does he present the latest news, weather, traffic, and sports, he fills your morning hunger with the latest investment news, worldwide interviews, aviation news, and his mighty Mike McConnell wit. That's exactly what you need. Experience a super morning with Mike McConnell tomorrow morning at 5 on 700 WLW.
4: I love mornings, which is a good thing since the Today Show starts.
2: Yep, it's a nightcap. And yes, our first guest is no stranger to us. In fact, we've got a lot of guests that are way stranger than she ever could be. Uh, She is uh, a member of the Kentucky House of Representatives, she is also a, a candidate for governor of the Commonwealth with the election coming up next fall. And uh, she has once again, been nice enough to come on the air with me, Savannah Maddox. Welcome to the nightcap.
5: Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be
2: on. Yep. Uh, I haven't talked with you since uh, the aftermath of the most recent election, the midterms kind of an autopsy of we're still going through that. I think there is a question now about whether someone else should uh, run The National uh, Republican Committee, the RNC, um, uh, Harmeet Dillon has thrown her hat into the ring against Ronna McDaniel. What do you know of either one of these ladies, and do you have an opinion? I know you're you're all about the state of Kentucky and representing the people that elected you, Savannah, and I respect that. I know you're running for governor, but just your general feeling of whether the Republican National Committee needs a, a new leader and a new focus.
5: I think the greater question is that why, is we're, as Republicans, are we living election to election, kind of similar to how some folks live paycheck to paycheck? Mm-hmm. Instead of being, you know, overwhelmed with this sense of having to have the largest margins of majority, let's focus our efforts behind on getting behind strong conservatives who will actually push for a strong conservative agenda because I look at you know of course we need to be in a majority whether it's at the federal level or at the state level here in Frankfurt in order to set the policy agenda but we need to focus more on actually pushing forward with some of the reforms that we would hope to enact versus just you know increasing our number of wins.
2: Well and telling people that you're going to enact those kind of reforms that you're running on and then actually do it uh, instead of you know having a super majority like y'all do in the Kentucky House, and not being able to push forward the agenda that people ask for that you that you advertised and are trying to deliver, I, I think you're right. I, go ahead. Yeah,
5: absolutely. I mean we ha- we have 111 out of 138 uh, that are Republicans in our Kentucky General Assembly currently. It's clear to me that Republicans have put their trust and they expect us to lead from the front. So there's really no reason that Kentucky can't be the most pro-Second Amendment state in the nation and that we can't eliminate the income tax and, you know, make that coincide with a reduction in wasteful government spending. There are a lot of things that we can and we must do to make good on that promise.
2: I kind of chuckled the other day when I heard Governor Bashir's announcement that he's running for re-election and... The thing that made me chuckle was, he said, you've seen governors from other states reap the benefits of how they dealt with the pandemic. So I'm confident that I can win reelection as governor of Kentucky. This is the guy I called the boy dictator for months for violating kentuckians constitutional rights both the state constitution and the united states constitution as so many others did and basically he was playing follow the leader with mike dewine for the most part
5: yes and you know no aspect that the government ever took whether it was at the state level or the federal level did one thing to curtail the severity or the spread nope. of covid yet what it did do was destroy our economy this same governor was the one that ordered kentucky state police to write down the license plates of churchgoers on easter sunday and i remain hopeful that kentuckians will remember that when it comes time to dethrone andy Bashir.
2: problem is voters and just people in general have very short memories or You know, they just kind of shirk it off after a while and go on. I'm not saying carry a grudge, but remember the important stuff. Remember how your lives were so adversely affected, not by the virus, but by the reaction to controlling the virus, which was actually uh, actions to control the population. It was a really nice experiment that our government uh, conducted on all of us. And I, I would say, and others would say, are still conducting on us with the vaccines
5: yes and if kentuckians uh, find themselves not in a position to remember all the things that Andy did during the lockdowns or the unemployment debacle or the mandates that shut down businesses and removed a citizen's ability to earn a wage or any of those things and they can fall back on the fact that he is the most far left democrat that we've ever had in the commonwealth of kentucky he was endorsed by planned parenthood and has done everything that he could to usher in the radical woke agenda that is being pervaded at the federal level on behalf of the Biden administration
6: plus
2: he is obviously also a puppet of the teachers unions and we've seen that over and over yes. again. And, and that's what, one of the ways that the farthest left governor ever to sit in Frankfurt got elected was to understand how much those teacher unions sway people, especially in rural counties, when the teachers unions are the number one employer in some of those counties.
5: Absolutely. And it, it amazes me how it's always lost in the details. And the Bashir administration has gone to great lengths to uh, to obscure the fact that under Republican leadership, record levels of funding have been appropriated to our public school systems. But really, it's like you said, the teachers' unions have been used to a certain extent to push the Democrats' party platform. And I think that Andy Beshear has tried to capitalize upon that. But this is a different day, so to speak, and so much as Kentucky's parents are fed up with that type of... Um, using the fact that it uses our children as political pawns. And Kentucky's parents want to be free to educate their children in the manner that they best see fit, and I'm fully supportive of that as well as school choice. Uh,
2: Just today on the Capitol, uh, in uh, Capitol Hill in in Washington, they uh, awarded the Congressional Gold Medal to the U.S. Capitol Police. And I had kind of conflicting thoughts about that, Savannah. If you want to chime in, you can. If, if not, fine. But uh, I thought about that, and I said, so they're handing a medal to people who, um, in, in their ranks, shot an unarmed army or Air Force veteran and killed her for merely standing inside the Capitol. And, and I, I, thought of, is- I thought about that, and I thought about the prison sentences that have been handed down arbitrarily, to people who were involved in January 6th, the so-called insurrection. Again, I, I, I echo those who say, if that was an insurrection, it didn't work, and it was one of the po- most poorly planned insurrection take, takeovers of the government I've ever seen in my life. I I just think that we have villainized these people, and I, I may not have agreed with all the things that were done that day on the side of the protesters. On the other hand, that there is there are some people who would call what happened on January 6th murder and it wasn't committed by any one of the protesters.
5: I think that there has been a vile miscarriage of justice that has taken place on behalf of the Democrat party and the narrative that they have pushed regarding a citizen's ability to assemble peaceably at the Capitol. And I think that there's been a blatant violation of due process. Um, that coincides with that, and uh, it's, it's been very dismaying to watch, and frankly, it has been dismaying to see the number of folks who went right along with it, even here in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, pledging to cooperate with the federal government to identify any Kentuckians that may have been present that day.
2: Savannah, we had uh, we had some tragedy, and the uh, the other place that I work, I work at a bar in Newport, and right next door, someone we all knew, in our Little Mama Street family uh, lost someone who was merely trying to help someone else. He got shot in the chest and was killed, named uh, Joey Richter. And I was talking about this last night. I said, this is not a gun problem. This is not a racial problem, although there wasn't a racial component as far as the skin colors of the people who committed the crime and the person who, who, was, who wound up dying, the victim. Uh, I said, this is a societal problem And it's time that we not only start teaching real American history in schools again, creative thinking in schools again, and uh, also civics, but we ought to be teaching some empathy in our public schools. And I think that we also ought to be teaching respect for human life. And then I pondered and, and ruminated. I said, well, we live in a country where in many states
4: Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
2: Life is very cheap. If a life can't be protected in the womb, then what else do you say about that society? you have any
5: thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, I am unapologetically and unabashedly pro-life. I believe in protecting life at every age and every stage. But with regard to the increasingly violent society that we find ourselves in. One of the most disturbing aspects of that is that uh, folks both on the left and even the right have begun to suggest that additional gun control would somehow solve that problem. Just the other day, I did an interview with WKYT um, on the basis that there have been more talks resuming about enacting a so-called red flag law. And Gun control is not the answer. Not only is it unconstitutional, but it is not the answer for better enabling Kentuckians to keep themselves safe and their families. I mean, if anything, I support pushing even further to abolish so-called gun-free zones, these areas where Kentuckians have been stripped of the ability to defend themselves and their families. Because if the lawful cannot defend themselves from the lawless, then it is our law that's standing in the way of people being able to keep themselves safe.
2: Everyone in the gun-free zones might as well be wearing, you know, one of the old little kid signs on their back that they didn't know was there that says, kick me. I mean, that's what a gun-free zone is. It's an open invitation for anyone with bad intent to know that they won't be challenged when they are breaking the law and, you know, uh, God forbid, murdering people
5: yeah it renders people to be sitting ducks and i think that you know like i say those gun restrictions are unconstitutional but they're also unsafe
2: indeed so how are things going generally
5: everything's going very well staying very busy in addition to a robust gubernatorial campaign i am also preparing for the 2023 legislative session have a lot uh, that i'm looking at there Uh, probably the Primary focus for me will be protecting Kentucky's children from any type of. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the gender identity abuse that has occurred, and any type of gender mutilation. You, you is mean what I'm going to focus?
2: On. You mean pedophile? You mean pedophilic? Child abuse, that's what it is. It's pedophilic child abuse. Forgive me. Yes, pedophilic child abuse. I'm, I'm glad that you're tackling pedophilic child abuse because that's exactly what this is. This isn't about uh, promoting love over hate, of differences, and it's not about 107 genders. It's about child abuse, plain and simple.
5: Absolutely it is. And there is absolutely no place in the Commonwealth of Kentucky to allow for this twisted, radical agenda to continue forth. Uh, Children should not be experimented upon. This legislation seeks to disallow the administration of cross-sex hormones, experimental treatments, and gender reassignment surgery on minor children.
2: It's amazing. Well, Savannah Max, keep fighting the good fight, and uh, good luck in your gubernatorial run. As I know, we'll be talking again as as long as you make time for me. Uh, thank you very much for being on the Nightcap.
5: All right, thanks, Gary Jeff. Take care.
2: All right, news just ahead, and then Jay Armstrong's back on seven hundred WLW.
3: News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati.
8: Trump planning to appeal. This is the 930 Report. I'm Matt Reese. Breaking now the jury's verdict in New York City, guilty on all counts in the trial of Donald Trump's businesses accused of tax fraud. Now he's appealing. The Trump organization called the verdict preposterous,
9: saying the company could not be held responsible for an employee's personal actions. It will certainly be appealing, of course. Turning on Weiselberg, a once trusted confidant of the former president, writing, Mr. Weiselberg testified under oath that he betrayed the trust the company had placed in him and that he at all times acted solely for for his own personal gain and out of his own personal greed. At sentencing next month, the company faces a $1.7 million fine, but long-term, the consequences could be more severe if no one wants to do business with a felon.
8: That's ABC's Aaron Katursky. Now the latest traffic and weather together on this rainy Tuesday night. And we've got a backup northbound 75 because of an accident near Ezard Charles in downtown Cincinnati. And also looking at an accident on southbound 71 just past the Norwood lateral. No other major delays to report at this hour. Now the latest forecast from the Train Heating and Cooling Weather Center on News Radio
6: 700 WLW. We'll see the rain storms starting to end near morning. And then we'll have a low of 50 degrees at 7 a.m. Now, our Tuesday, plenty of clouds, still the fog. There's a slight chance of showers early, a high of 58. At night, we're going to stay cloudy and a low of 45. From your severe weather station, I'm 9 First Warning, Chief Meteorologist Steve
8: Raleigh. News Radio 700 WLW. 53 degrees right now in Cincinnati, and we do have some heavy rain. It's mostly on the east side, though. Newtown, Harris Park, Batavia, Owensville, Newtonsville, Goshen, Blanchester all seeing some pretty heavy rain tonight. Back in southeast Indiana, the Oldenburg area, Batesville, Brookville also seeing some heavier showers. And that's it, uh, light showers for the rest of us. It's a dead heat down in Georgia tonight. Votes are being counted. They've got about 83% of the estimated vote in now. Raphael Warnock is leading Herschel Walker 50.2% to 49.8. A matter of about 10,000 votes right now in that Senate runoff race. While the Democrats narrowly secured control of the U.S. Senate in this upcoming new Congress, the stakes still high as Democrats can try to get that 51-seat majority with a victory in this Senate runoff race tonight. Recent polls showed it would be a tight race, and it certainly is. Warnock narrowly leading Walker in those polls, and that's exactly how it is turning out right now, right down to the wire. Emotional ceremony in the U.S. Capitol Rotunda today as the House and Senate honored... Police officers who saved those lawmakers' lives almost two years ago, defending the Capitol when it was under attack on January 6, 2021, those officers receiving the Congressional Gold Medal. Wall Street today, the Dow. Lost 350 S&P 500 down 57 and the Nasdaq dropped by 225 points. Next news at 10 Matt Reese News Radio 700 WLW.
10: 700 WLW Cincinnati. Available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number 1 for podcasting. 700 WLW an iHeartRadio station. There are lots of people who make a difference in your day, like your kid's very patient soccer coach or your coworkers. Yes, even Ned from Finance. Oh, or the lady at the coffee shop who, for some reason, adds a Y to your name. Or your neighbor whose mailbox somehow got in the way of your teenager's car last summer. Well, this year, show all those people your appreciation with an Ohio Lottery scratch-off ticket. They're quick, inexpensive, and everyone loves scratch-offs. Even Ned from finance. Lottery players are subject to Ohio Laws and Commission regulations. Play responsibly.
3: When your sewer line has a problem, your business has a major problem. Make sure you call the tri-state's only exclusive time. More
2: my fault than his although he really doesn't want to associate with me that much on a public basis. Uh, stand-up comedian and the vape king of northern Kentucky joins us once again. First time in a long time, Jay Armstrong. Good evening, sir. Hello, sir. Now, I It's good to be back. We had some kind of smashing pumpkins on as the bumper music. Next time, you'll get guar.
11: I'm all about that.
2: I, I figured you would. I just be. saw
11: them not long ago in Louisville.
2: Right? Are they still from outer space and stuff?
11: Yeah, they're well, they're they're from outer space, but they're based out of Antarctica. So I mean, they have a local office.
2: <laughs> all right, whatever. Uh, <laughs> this is maybe this is the reason we haven't talked in a long time. I'm not certain. <laughs> so uh, I know too much about weird, obscure metal bands. Exactly. And I brought it up anyway, so it's my fault we didn't we didn't discuss that we were going to discuss Guar right off the bat. There's so much I'm more to talk to about. I started the <laughs> show tonight with my confession, my reckoning, my resignation that my favorite NFL team isn't as good of as at least one other NFL football team. And that football team happens to be the football team that I used to vehemently root for before I switched three and a half seasons ago. And, uh, you know, it was was just tough to see it again for the third time, Jay. I mean, I feel
11: like
2: I feel like a victim. (laughs) Your thoughts? Well, I guess uh, I feel like you're
11: more of a modern man than you want to be at this point how so because modern men seem to all wanna be victims now
2: well just this, just the sissies anyway um <laughs> what, <laughs> what's been going on with you uh recently? you doing any work any any time standing up or anything?
11: uh not local, I got some stuff up in Michigan going i uh just had some some other stuff in Michigan going uh mm-hmm. I keep going north, and it's too cold for it, to be quite honest with you. I'm not, I'm not a fan of going north in the wintertime.
2: Believe me. But, uh, give yourself. Yeah,
11: I don't have anything local going.
2: Give yourself another 15, 20 years, Jay, and you won't want to go any farther north than Cheviot, I guarantee. I
11: don't want to go any farther north than the river now, most days. I,
2: I know. I'm only with, on, I'm with you on Only on
11: that. certain Sundays.
2: All right, so uh, so give me your thoughts on the Bengals. What's going on, man? They they looked like they were it, dead in the water with the Super Bowl jinx upon them, and here they are now at eight and four, and right there in the playoff hunt. And Joe Burrow playing like the best quarterback in the league. What do you think?
11: I think uh, I think a lot of those guys that didn't play together last year that started together this year mm-hmm. are finally gelling together. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I thought that resting most of our starters during the preseason was the right thing to do, and that was proved wrong pretty quick right up front. Uh, so it's taken them a while to kind of gel, to get to get together and really fill each other out. And uh, I, th- I think that's coming together now, and I think that's that's what we're seeing from them now.
2: Yeah, first game I against just, the first <laughs> really? game against the Steelers looked like they were just they they just met each other for the very first time. That's that's how that game went. And the Bengals still almost beat the Steelers on that opener.
11: Well, that first step, the, sort of the home opener, the, the season opener, yeah, uh, started right in front of my seats, right, and I'm in row seventeen of, of one of uh, the one hundred series, so I'm right down on the field, right, and yeah. the, they uh, get the kickoff at the twenty-five, you know, right there. First play, Burrow gets sacked. Second play, throws an interception. Like those first two plays of the season, I was just insanely upset, about. like way more upset than I would have admitted at the time. You didn't start. But, uh, you
2: didn't start any Facebook pages that got you kicked off of Facebook this time, did you, Jay? I
11: recently just came off of a thirty-day ban. What four days ago from uh, suggesting to a Pittsburgh fan that they need to get some uh, preparation H for an injury that they received
2: emotionally. Well, that's just friendly medical advice from another citizen. What's wrong with that?
11: Man, Facebook didn't like it, and I've been banned so many times that. Uh, all they got, if I get reported for saying hello, they automatically give me a 30-day ban.
2: <laughs> no matter what you posted, you just, oh, it's him again. Yeah, take him off. Put him in jail for 30 days. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and
11: in all fairness, I mean, it is consequences of my own actions. You know, my early days on Facebook, I said a lot of wild stuff. And... uh that's, that's how I got to that point where it's, just, it's I can get I can if I sneeze too loud in my house, Mark Zuckerberg feels it and bans me for thirty days.
2: <laughs> well, I think the preparation H thing is pretty funny, actually. Not not worthy so not worthy of being banned at all. But who am
11: I for thirty days? You know, if anything, twenty four hours. Twitter's not much better than that. Uh, there's a professor who had some fraudulent studies that were forced to be retracted by the name of Stanton Glantz. And on Twitter, I said that I hoped that he got diarrhea, and they gave me a three-day ban.
7: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
4: It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain,
2: A month for Preparation H. I see a trend. (laughs) Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) No, I I, I don't even want to go any further into that. So when you say you have an interesting day, there have been so many times I've called Jay, just not on the air, but out of the blue, and I just said, Jay, uh, what's going on? He said, it's been an interesting day, and I'm waiting for the story. At that point, I know there's a story. When he says it's been an interesting day, not a great day, not an awful day, an interesting day. I know there's a good Jay Armstrong story coming my way most of the time. So, yeah, uh, I attract I, weirdos, man. Uh, an interesting day to me is when I'm walking down the street, someone I don't know smiles, waves, and says hello, and they mean it. That's an interesting day to me. So, tell <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> have you have you got any recent interesting days you'd like to relate, Jay? Uh,
11: not, not so much. I've, uh, I was afraid you were working a lot. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't have any, any good ones that I can really share at this point. Okay. <laughs> anyway, well,
2: you weren't prepared. Uh, I understand.
11: I was not prepared. You put me on the spot, but, uh, I know. it was uh, the one interesting thing I to talked about. I don't have the right way to word it to, for it to be publicly safe.
2: Well, you oh, know what I mean? Oh, no, like, no, I, come I, on. I, I, I am, a, I am a wordsmith. I could figure a way to use the verbiage. And, uh, and I tell you what here's, what, here's what I want you to do. I want you to hold on. We're going to take a break. And I want you to tell me what you were going to tell me on the air. And when we come back, I'll find a way to say it. And we'll talk about it. Okay. All right. Jay Armstrong with us on the nightcap on 700 WLW.
3: McCallum here to tell you about a technological shocker. You can also listen to me in the morning on your smart speaker. And I say to myself, what a wonderful world. All you have to do is say, hey, Google, turn on 700 WLW.
4: I love mornings, which is a good thing since the Today Show starts early. We're back
2: with Jay Armstrong on this Tuesday nightcap for December the 6th, 2022. Gary Jeff Walker with you. Good evening, 700 WLW. And you also, more than likely, will be able to hear this, any part of the program, on podcast if you go after the show is over to 700WLW.com. Make sure, make sure you ask for the Gary Jeff Walker Nightcap Podcast. Please. And, and bitch if you can't hear it. Uh, so, Jay Armstrong back with us. And... You said you, you did have one interesting thing to share, but you didn't know how to word it, so it would be FCC compliant. Or, I, you know, I wouldn't get and I I insisted, you know, I am a, a wordsmith, I'm a grammarian, I'm a cunning linguist, and I can figure out a way. But after you told me during the break, you're right, we can't talk about that.
11: <laughs> would you... Some things just aren't ready for air yet.
2: Would you, I mean, would you like to talk around it, maybe, to the next no, step?
11: Mm- Eh, look, we'll, we'll wait it out. I'll, I'll figure out a way to, to, to pick the right word. Because
2: obviously, if if we're going to talk about that, there is an obvious next step, and you know what it is. And after that, man, things could get really crazy up in here. You know what I'm saying?
11: <laughs> up in here, they could get real crazy.
2: <laughs> oh. All right, how, how are you doing? I, I understand that your little girl, Julia, has become a quite the young aspiring musician.
11: Yeah, she, uh, she started playing trumpet in, uh, in school band. And she actually was going to quit right away because it was difficult to learn, like, the first parts of it. And, uh, so I come up into her room because I heard her playing, you know, a couple weeks ago. I guess like four weeks ago now. But, uh, and it sounded re- like really good. And so I-, I went in and I was like, hey, that sounds great. And she's like, yeah, I think I figured it out. I don't want to quit anymore. Huh? And then. Just last week uh she picked up a flute, so now she's going to be playing the flute as well
2: you've got a you've got a savant child there jay armstrong that's what it is she's
11: cute yeah she uh yeah, she's, for she,
2: sure. you you wouldn't believe she's the cutest little girl I saw her a couple of years ago. Jay brought her to the house to pick up something I had for him, and uh she saw Garth Brooks, our cat dog, out on a leash. In the front yard, she had never seen a cat on a leash before, and was just magically mystified by Brooks. And uh, I'll, I'll yeah, never
11: she thought it was the greatest thing ever. Oh yeah, yeah!
2: I'll never forget the look on her face. It was great. Uh, anything else going on with you? Just working a lot. We're uh,
11: just, just working a lot down here at Dripwells. uh We we've been watching real close to the the news with our state's stance on medical cannabis because we want to move into that space once uh once we get the opportunity. Did uh do you, I'm assuming that you've talked about Bashir's executive order?
2: Yeah, we a, a little a yeah. little bit, but not to a great extent. Tell me, enlighten me, Jay.
11: So Bashir's order uh goes into effect on January 1st, and if you have one of 21 listed ailments or conditions, uh, you can go to your doctor and basically get a medical cannabis card in Kentucky. Now, did that by executive order through his pardon power, but he said that he didn't have the ability or the power uh, to legalize sale. So you're still going to have but, to go to legal state if you have one of those ailments. Uh, because
2: he, because he, the, no, Jay, because he doesn't have the power to legalize right, right. sale. No, he doesn't you know and right no he doesn't they, and he, he didn't talk, there's already been enough overreach on Bashir's part during his governorship you know let's not uh, let's not let him engage in any more but anyway please continue
11: but uh, so you have to go to a legal state and you have to keep the receipt and the original container so you can prove that it was a legal purchase not a black market purchase yeah uh, which i think is kind of a smart move so i actually went to the panel on medical cannabis at NKU when Bashir sent the 17 people around which I thought it was gonna be like a question and answer period, right? Like why on earth would you send 17 experts around if they're not gonna be answering questions and it was just testimony? So I thought you could have just sent a video camera around and wrapped it up in a day, it didn't need to take six months, but I digress. Uh,
2: The guy that ran the panel said that- If if they wanted testimony, they could just look at a picture of me when I was 18, if they wanted (laughs) testimony. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, please continue. A picture
11: of you at eighteen under the influence, and then a picture of you now not under the influence. I think that would lead to some pretty quick legalization.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can't. I can't figure that. If that was a is that was a your ugly joke or your old joke or was it a combination?
11: No, it, it was a. Uh, you're not the young and spry, healthy gentleman that would have shown up in the original photo. I got to tell you what.
2: Uh, I I, 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 I got to stop you right there. Uh, I may not be as healthy as a lot of people, but I will tell you this. I just got a a clean bill of health at my doctor's office yesterday. The blood work, all normal. You know, I've had hypertension. My my blood pressure is under control. My sugar apparently is under control because they didn't bitch at me about it. Uh, You know, I'm pretty healthy, Jay. I don't yeah, I don't know. No, I no no. no, no what I'm saying, what I'm saying is I don't know if you'd want to take me or not, or think you could. That's all I'm saying.
11: Right. <laughs> I'm too I'm too old to even go over there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. But so uh when, when 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 I went to the panel, the guy that like was the leader of the panel or whatever said that Bashir was gonna do an executive order and I cornered the guy afterwards because I, mean, I am not a fan of executive orders. You and I have no. talked about that repeatedly. And I told the guy, I was like, "Look, if he's going to try to, to do an executive order that will force the Senate to deal with it because it's already passed the, the state house," uh, I said, "Then then I'm cool with that. But if he's just going to try to make something law of the land, you know, th- then I I would rather him not do it, even if it's something I agree with." Uh, and this move, the way that it that it's going to work is he's made it legal to possess up to eight ounces, which. <laughs> When he was talking, he was kind of like, "I don't know if that's the right amount or not." And it's like, "Dude, that's a half have pound, a that's pound. plenty that's for a... <laughs> for anyone ever."
2: That, uh, I mean, that's that's like a I don't know f- for for somebody like me if I was still going to engage in that kind of activity, Jay. That would be uh, Lord of Mercy. Uh, see, ya, see I feel ya. like
11: that's like a year supply. See, see, yeah, be, I'll see.
2: I'll see you in a year. Exactly. <laughs> right. But Eight what it, what it'll
11: do effectively? Right, right. So, so people are allowed to have it, and they're going to have to go to a legal state to buy it. So, basically, what he's saying to the Senate is, "Hey, they can already have it. If you want to lose those tax dollars to Michigan and Illinois, that's on you. But we could. This could be new revenue for the state." Yep. Uh, so, I think it was actually a fairly good executive order the way that he did it, which I was prepared to hate it. <laughs> you know, I was prepared prepared to be upset. Uh, we'll but we'll see. We'll see what happens. You
2: know. There's there's things to like about the boy dictator and there's things not to. Jay Armstrong, ain't nothing not to like about you, my friend. Thank you so much for being on the nightcap. It's been way too long. And you know, I am I am old, as you, you well know and you've already noted earlier in the, the interview. Um I I could still take you, so just remember that.
11: <laughs> I don't doubt it. You definitely you definitely have more uh what's the word, drive than I do. I'm I'm tired all the time.
2: Keep an eye out, like Sammy Davis Jr., okay? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love you, brother. i thought you All right, bye News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati.
8: Too close to call in Georgia. The runoff is a dead heat. With the 10 o'clock report, I'm Matt Reese. Breaking now. Still a tight Senate race in Georgia. Nobody is breaking out. Votes are being counted in the runoff election between Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock and Republican challenger Herschel Walker. Only about 10,000 votes separate the two right now. Stakes very high as Democrats look to get that 51-seat majority.
2: An hour and a half after the polls had closed and the ballot counting continued, Raphael Warnock had a convincing lead over Herschel Walker. Then a cheer went up here at the Walker Poll Watch Party when the giant TV screen showed the two men tied at 50% each. Then the Republicans showed a slight lead in the vote count. The Secretary of State is still waiting to hear from
8: 38% of Georgia's counties. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Atlanta. 88% of the votes been counted so far. Warnock in the lead, 50.1%. Walker with 49.9%. Now the latest traffic and weather together. And we have rain in parts of the tri-state tonight. And most of the heaviest stuff is moving out to the east. Although we do have a little bit of rain that's... uh, That is uh, popping up and pretty strong in uh, northern Kentucky now. Independence, Alexandria, Ryland Heights, Mentor, Moscow, uh, across the river from northern Kentucky, all getting some pretty heavy rain now. And Felicity in the Georgetown area also getting some heavy rain as well. Uh, but we are seeing no major delays on the interstates right now, uh, except for downtown Cincinnati. There is an accident on the northbound side of 75 near Ezard Charles, right there by the museum center, Union Terminals. You're coming off the bridge. You're going to run into that backup. And it's almost back to the bridge right now. Otherwise, no other major delays. Now, the latest forecast from the Advanced Industry Weather Center.
11: Ever wonder what visiting the dentist without fear would feel like? Learn about the advanced dentistry
6: difference at NoFearDentist.com. We're gonna see the rain and storms coming to an end, but the fog will still be around, a low of 50 degrees. Now, for our Wednesday, mainly overcast, a chance of showers and a high of 58. At night, it stays cloudy and a low of 45. From your severe weather station, I'm Nine First Warning, Chief Meteorologist Steve Raleigh. News Radio 700
8: WLW. Uh, Right now in Cincinnati, We're at 53 degrees. Boil Water Advisory in place for a big portion of I-75 in downtown Cincinnati and up along the Mill Creek Valley. This is an area that extends... Uh, from uh, probably around uh, Lower Price Hill on up the, mal- the valley to I-74. And uh, it's uh, the result of a water main break that occurred on Central Parkway and over the Rhine. And Cincinnati Water Works says you have to boil water uh, until tomorrow night at eight o'clock. And to make sure that uh, you know the proper information for this, you need to go to the Cincinnati City website and they have a map there which shows the area where the boil water advisory is in place. Corrections officer at the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office on unpaid leave tonight after Michael Crawford allegedly took a nude photo of a man at a Planet Fitness restroom in Fairfield, and then posted it on social media. Crawford was arrested by Butler County deputies. Latest on convicted murderer George Wagner in Pike County following last week's verdict, his sentencing hearing now scheduled for December. 19th. Last week, found guilty of killing eight members of the Roden family in 2016. Jury finds the Trump organization guilty on all counts in the New York tax fraud trial. Prosecutors say Trump's company avoided paying taxes by just paying personal expenses for its top executives and giving them money without reporting any of it to Uncle Sam over a period of 15 years. So
9: Donald Trump is not out of the woods, even though he was not a defendant in this case that has Now resulted in the conviction of his company. Trump, though not a defendant, came up a lot. By one estimate, the defense brought him up 60 times to say he didn't know, but prosecutors said that he, in fact, sanctioned some of the tax fraud.
8: That's ABC's Aaron Koturski. Closing bell on Wall Street today, the Dow lost 350, S&P 500 down 57, NASDAQ down 202, 225. It's 10.05 in Cincinnati. Next news at 10.30, Matt Reese, News Radio 700, WLW. This report is sponsored by the Ad Council. There's no guidebook to adopting a teen, but that's okay because you don't have to know it all to be a perfect parent. Go to AdoptUSKids.org to learn more about how to be the perfect parent to teens in foster care. Sponsored by Ad Council.
2: Jeff Walker, after giving my full confession, my reckoning uh, on the air at the beginning of the program and with Jay Armstrong, that yes, once again, my Kansas City Chiefs weren't good enough to beat the Cincinnati Bengals, I've got to now face the fire of Furman, too. Because he knows I'm a Chiefs fan. He knows I converted and and uh, he knows that i'm in sackcloth and ashes right now mourning the loss to the bengal's on sunday
12: yeah go ahead where's the where's the intro i usually
7: get an intro that was the intro Sorry. that was it. the oh, great it was? okay round 2 name something that's not boring
10: a laundry ooh a book club computer solitaire huh
7: ah oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
2: You know what? We can start again. Hold on, hold on. We'll start again. No, no, no. I'm good. No, don't start again
12: with this going to waste. Valuable conversation time. Oh no, I'm, I don't need an intro. I'm, I'm, just I'm, keep, I'm
2: keeping you for the whole hour, dude. So uh, you you just tell uh, the boys at the tobacco shop they're gonna have to put up with me for a while for a change. I move to the
12: back. Everything's going to be quiet. No problem. I'm <laughs> okay. not work. Everything's good. Good. He's like an you know. Ad- I, I, I've had, I had some incidences. Yeah, I have a couple of incidents. I want to get it off my chest like sure. right now. Vent. You feel better when you vent. You really do. Yeah. Okay. Number one, did I tell you the story about the car wash where I got into a wreck? No. Did I tell you that story? No. How did okay. you get
2: into a wreck at a car wash, Well,
12: Andy? here's the deal. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, it is almost impossible for this to happen. To get into an accident at a car wash, two cars, and no one was in either car. All right? Here's the deal. I drive in and you get out of the vehicle so they could vacuum it, and you go into the waiting room. I'm in the waiting room, and all of a sudden, someone yells out, does anybody have a gray vehicle? I raised my hand. I said, yes, yeah, me. Well, the lady behind you just hit you. Apparently, she got out of her car to get the vacuum going, and she left it in drive and it banged into the back oh. of my car. Oh, jeez. So I, I, she was very, an old an old woman, an elderly lady, a very nice woman. I put my arm around her. She was crying. I said, it's it's, it's okay. It's only a car. No one got hurt. Well, my son is, is, is an insurance guy. We, uh, we'll take care of it. I said, look, I, I don't want your rates to go up. I said, if you want to just pay me. You can't even see it. It's like a little nick. I bet. you to take care of it. So I it. bet
2: this wasn't yeah. the first time you've been rear-ended by an elderly woman, Andy. I'm just guessing.
12: I know. I don't right, know a right, lot get about get your personal life. <laughs> right. But, I get rear-ended by a woman every single day, but she's not elderly. But that's another story. Oh, so that, okay. So that we're taking yeah. care of that. Then I go to the bank. I go through the drive-through window where you get those little, you know, tubes to put like your transactions in the tube. Sure. So, but now and the the bank I go to and I love the bank. I'm not even going to give the name because I don't want to hurt them. I love them. Been dealing with them for years, for years, and uh, they know me and I know them. But you still apparently have to put your license in there. For for why I don't know. They know the last time I went to the toilet, but they still want my license. All right. Well, how do they have? No,
2: how do they have your toilet information?
12: They know everything about me. They do, but they still want the license. I put the license in there, put my transaction sheet, never goes up. The tube goes up. In Whatever envelope comes back. I'm driving away, and I stop. I look in the envelope. My license is in there.
2: They kept it. I said,
12: well, maybe I lost my life. They did. I, I called the bank. Oh, we're sorry. We didn't put it in there. We're sorry. It's in the tube. You can come back and get it. So I asked my son to get it for me. I'm not going I drive them back to get my license. But, you know, look, you know, in life there are two kinds of people. There's a schlameel and a schlemazel. I don't know which one is which, but I do know one is the guy that goes to a restaurant and sits down, and the other guy is the one who sits down and has the waiter spill the chicken soup over his head. So one's a schlameel, one's a schlemazel. One spills it, and one gets spilt on. So I don't know which one is which, but I know I'm one of them.
2: That's for sure. But see, this is the problem. You have not yet determined which one you are.
12: There's still on There's some doubt head.
2: that you're going to be the eternal loser. I mean, uh, n- n- no doubt. It's just an amusing thing that, you know, these
12: things happen to me. You know, I, I was not born like you with a with a horseshoe over my head. You know, I was not.
2: I, I would never want to have a horseshoe over my head. It might fall off the hook and then
12: Well, you're the guy that has the horseshoe over so I'm the guy that has the horseshoe. No, over no, no, head. no, tell and it,
2: me. And it dumps on me. Tell me Andy Furman how I am luckier than you are. I I
6: want to hear this explanation. You've been
12: on radio for 20-plus years. Your ratings are outstanding. Saturday morning, you're a god. Anybody, the only reason they haven't replaced you is because everybody's afraid to take that spot on Saturday morning. Nobody wants to follow a legend, really. Nobody. I mean, the people that follow Marty Brenneman on, on radio, they're crazy. I mean, is that how badly you want to get a job in Major League Baseball to follow a guy like Marty Brenneman? You have some schmuck follow him. That guy lasts a year or so, gets fired, and then you go in and get the job. That's how you do it.
2: Are you detailing any, any, any kind of recent history, Andy? Is that what you're you're doing I'm here?
12: just saying I, I wouldn't want to follow a legend, really. And right. you're, the, you're the legend, and I wouldn't want to follow you.
2: Not even a legend in my own mind. But I will you. tell you this. Yes.
12: I, you, you but made, you're not in the Northern Kentucky Sports Hall of Fame. That's for sure. You, made,
2: not. you made a good point, though, about um, doing the show, especially on Saturday morning, for so long. There's another reason that I have some semblance of job security, and that is nobody else wants to get up that early on a Saturday morning.
12: uh, uh...
8: Uh, you, you know, know I seriously, I, 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 res-
2: I resigned myself to my bedtime on Friday night is about 9 o'clock, and that's the way it is. You know, Friday night when you're a kid, that's your night to go out and roll, to prowl, baby, to go and have a lot of fun and blow well, it out and stay out till, till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. But, yeah, as you get older, you you understand yeah. the important things, and the important thing for me for the last almost 26 years, has been doing that Saturday morning show. So thank you for the compliment. What's what, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. What's next?
12: No, not, not at all. And I understand where you're coming from because, you know, for five, six years I was doing the morning show on Fox Sports Radio from 6 to 9 Eastern three to six pacific time and i would get up about three thirty four in the morning and you know by 11 o'clock in the morning i was dying really i went to bed about nine o'clock nine thirty in the morning to get up and and the worst thing about that show is not getting up but if there were events the night prior like games that night oh, yeah. you gotta get up brother father who won those games you know i do it now on uh, sunday morning i do the show on fox at 6 a.m but you know it's it's not too bad i mean the college games you gotta follow a little bit but i get up about four four fifteen in the morning and Get it done, but still got to get to bed early Saturday night to get a fresh head for Sunday morning.
2: Andy Furman is our guest on the Nightcap. Gary Jeff with you on 700 WLW. And Andy, I know that you're an old school guy. You like to use the mail. You do all the time. You like a hard copy of a newspaper when you can find one. I you're like me, but I remember the days when you could get. And it's even since I've been in Cincinnati since the mid '90s, where you could get a Cincinnati Enquirer on a Monday morning and have all the scores from the night before in it. And now of course well, the scores uh aren't aren't in before the paper goes to bed and is printed somewhere else and then rushed to your house 12 uh, twelve twelve hours old. I remember
12: the days when you'd get a Cincinnati Inquirer or a Kentucky Post in a box on the street. I remember that. Okay. But I'm still you know, I I hate to use the term old school, though. I grew up with newspapers when I was a kid in Brooklyn, New York. We'd get seven papers every day at our home. We did. I used to love the newspaper, go through the box scores and read the sports. we had great sports sections and great sports writers in New York City when I was growing up. Dick Young and the New York Daily News, Red Smith, the New York Times. They were great writers, and I loved reading them every day. Uh, I still love the newspaper. I, I just grew up with it, and that's what I like. I like to hold it. I like to see it. And more than that, you know, if there's something interesting, I like to rip it out and mail it to people. I think they appreciate that for longevity. You know, and I do that to athletes, to coaches, whatever.
2: So you're kind of like William Devane. You like the feel of newspaper like he likes the feel of gold, right? Is that about right?
12: Well, I wouldn't mind the feel feel of gold, but I'll never get there. But, you know, that's what I like to do. And I tell you what, I learned something years ago. Maybe, you know, this is something I could pass along to a, a young whippersnapper. You know, every guest that I ever used to have on the radio, I wouldn't have many guests on Fox. More conversation now than guests. Especially at six AM on a Sunday morning, uh, Eastern time, you're not gonna get it. Well guest don't you
2: don't on. you have a partner don't you have a partner on that show too?
12: Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. But every once in a while we'll get it But when I was on LW uh during the week, every guest I ever had on I'd always write a little thank you note, thanks for joining us. And they appreciated that. And I think that really helped me along the way. You know, when I was growing up in New York City, I got to know Coach Knight when he coached the the Black Knights of the Hudson and Army, and I used to write to him then, and then when I moved to Cincinnati, got on LW, and he was in Indiana, he'd uh, be more than cordial to me, and he'd go on the radio with me. The rules were a half hour, no phone calls, no commercials. That was Bob Knight's rule to me, but he was on with me and a lot of people didn't do it. Bill Belichick went on the uh on Fox a couple of times, and I know he doesn't do a lot of radio interviews. He does his show in New England, but other than that, I don't think he does was, many. Was so he, is, went on. Was I mean,
2: he I, I, Well, I got to ask yeah. you about Belichick. Is he as dynamic on the radio as you see him in, in press conferences?
12: <laughs> he, uh, he could put you to sleep pretty good. He can, <laughs> but, but, but it's a good hit to get Bill Belichick on, and, and I love him, you know, and... Uh, at the time, I think when I had him on years ago, I said, could I use you as a reference? It was just kind of joking around. He, he told me, yeah, you could uh, you could use me as a reference, but he says, I'm not running any reference letters. Tell him to, to write to me. So, you know, and it's funny, because I would send out resumes every once in a while, and my references would be, Bill Belichick on this. I, I don't think anybody checked it out, and they probably didn't believe me anyway.
2: Well, Andy, do you have any salve for my wound as a Kansas City Chiefs fan after losing three times in a row to the Cincinnati Bengals? Do you have any... Anything that will make me feel better.
12: Yeah, they're not going to play him again, probably. Well, That's a good thing. What about you the know, playoffs? I will tell you this, Mark. You've got you got to be pretty proud of, of the Cincinnati Bengals, what they accomplished. And I think it's an amazing feat, what they did. And we've said it you know, from day one, as long as Joe Burrow was healthy, it doesn't really matter too much about his surrounding cast, because he'll get the job done. You talk about that offensive line that's gelled, the protection they gave him, he had time to to throw the football and it was just just a great game it really was you know for so many years and i go back before borough came here you know bb before Burrow. you know it was almost like watching a jv team playing the varsity when the Bengals would play it wasn't fun they get beat up you knew going into the game they were probably going to lose you know you're a football fan. you still want to watch it you still want to root for them but now it's like you feel great there's some pride you know if you're a Bengals fan, if you live in Cincinnati, it does so much. It lifts the community. I know it sounds corny, but it does. People walk with a different step. They're happy. They're proud. They're wearing Bengals gear, and it's just great for the city. If I pick up USA Today this morning, and they say, you know, Bengals are acting like they're like they're champs, and they are. It's great. I, I think it's a wonderful thing.
2: Is it a uh, continual thing? Does this persist? Now they they have to beat the Browns next Sunday, Andy. Or all of this to me is pyrite. It's fool's gold unless they can finally well, yeah, break will, through and break and beat uh, the Browns Sunday. They got to do it. You, it's in the it's in the division. Do. They've already lost to I them. Agree. They need the victory.
12: Well, you know they they've had a problem with the Browns. I mean, I think these Browns team certainly gets up sky high to play the Bengals. But you know again if, if they should lose, which I don't think they will it'll just be a speed bump because I don't think it will affect too many things. You got the door has been wide open right now. You think about what's going on. You know, Lamar Jackson got hurt with that knee and they say it's going to be a game to game operator situation. And, and the coaching staff of the Ravens say he's probably just going to miss one game. You don't know. We don't know. And no one's really going to speak, but you know, things are opening up right now. You got, you know, Matthew Stafford's gone. He's finished. He's injured. You, You got, uh, Garoppolo, he's gone. I mean, it's an amazing thing, uh, and certainly you don't wish any injury, a major injury to anybody in the Bengals, especially Joe Burrow, but I think the door's been wide open right now for the Bengals to march on. With
0: Lucky land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Well, plus uh, Burrow still has all this fashion sense and all this swagger, and and then he looks also like a grown-up Macaulay Caukin from Home Alone. And every time I what see Joe, does he shave? I he don't at? think
12: he shaves, does he?
2: I, he does. He did in the the interview I saw after the game. He he really? was clean shaven. Yeah.
12: He was, he was no, like, I don't know if he does shave. I don't think he's got any facial hair. Oh, you don't
2: think he's got any hair at all? This is no. the next question. I think he's got a little hair on his chin, I
12: don't think he's got facial hair. i got to get a closer look. Let's, let's hold
2: on. As we close this half hour with Andy Froman uh-huh. on the nightcap, let's let's put the challenge out. Joe Burrow, <laughs> can you grow hair on your face? We We, we want to know, Joe. We we want to I want to prove that Andy Furman is wrong. He says you are a hairless. You say he says you are a hairless kid, and can't grow a good little beard. I thought I saw the the There's five. There's nothing o'clock. wrong
12: with that. I think I've There's seen the five
2: o'clock that. shadow on Joe before. So Joe, All the, right, the challenge see. is out. Can you uh, can you grow us a nice beard? Maybe a stash. Yeah. Because you will That's you will make it. Media. The thing it is, Joe. You will make it look stylish no matter what it is. He always does. <laughs> Andy Furman. Andy Furman, our guest on the nightcap for two whole segments tonight because, well, I couldn't come up with anybody else, so I need you. Thanks.
12: I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that has to be like a pin to stick in the balloon. I knew that was coming. You know, I'm your guest for another second because you couldn't get anybody else. I'm an also-ran. You know what? You could go screw yourself, really. No. So I'll hang on for you. You will? Yeah, for you, I will. Okay. And by the way, I I will say this. I'm happy you're alive because I know what happened down the street from Huddles the other night. So I'm I'm really happy. I'm grateful that you're alive.
2: Andy, so am I. And I am grateful that there's a, a family of people around Joey's family, the young man who was killed. I know that they're grateful that their arms... Or you know around them, like mine are too. At least yes. metaphysically. Yes. All right, yes. Andy Furman for another whole, another whole segment. Believe we're going to talk about some stuff next time. We're not going to just talk about nothing. All right, like like is, your, that, is that what we did? Like your is that what we just did? Nothing? Like your like your driver's license being left in the bank? No, it's
12: it yeah, I appreciate like going. You know. Oh man, <laughs> it's cheaper than going to a psychiatrist.
2: <laughs> Very good. Andy Furman, the Furball, with us. Still more ahead on 700 WLW.
9: This is Carly from Ohio Valley Antique Mall. Christmas is our family's favorite.
2: Andy Furman is our guest on 700 WLW. Gary Jeff with you on his Tuesday night. Andy, among the many hats that he wears, and it's a good thing because nobody needs a a head like that uncovered, Um, of the many hats he wears, he, he writes for... Uh, The Northern Kentucky Tribune, he does some stuff for his old hometown, Brooklyn Daily Eagle, and of course he does promotions for the Point Arc in Covington and uh, does all all kinds of stuff in the community in that regard, also with the Northern Kentucky Sports Hall of Fame. So anyway, uh, going back to uh, your newest article in the Northern Kentucky Tribune, you wanted to make mention of that, and I, I wanted you to talk about that, actually.
12: Well, I think it's going to be published tomorrow. I wrote it this morning, actually. And a uh, gentleman friend of mine, Byron Wolf, Byron Wolf has taken dialysis now three times a week, and it's, it's painful and it's not fun. And uh, he happens to be good friends with uh, the lead singer of the group Foreigner. And wow. when the lead singer, yeah, and when they found out about it, uh, Foreigner put it on the Instagram site for the group saying a good friend of mine, Byron Wolf, he needs kidney, whatever there is, beam, bang. but Byron's wife saw that. Carla saw that, put it on her social media situation, and lo and behold, several months ago, uh, a, a, a friend of the family who we hadn't seen in eons come over to their home for breakfast and says, uh, do me a favor, tell your people at the dialysis place in Crestview Hill's that they don't need to be uh, doing much more for you anymore because he found a match for you. And wow. Byron says who? And the guy says, the guy's name is Duke. Duke says, it's me. And Byron broke down and started crying. And, and this morning I found out that the match is good. On December 20th at Christ Hospital, what they're going to do is this guy, Duke, has the kidney, lives in Vincennes, Indiana. They're going to take his kidney and ship it to Christ Hospital and they're going to perform the situation, the operation, and Byron Wolf, God willing, will be healthy. He'll be good, and he'll have a kidney, no more dialysis. What kind of a story is that? Is that a Christmas
2: miracle or what? Well, it's not the story I usually look to you for, but <laughs> it's a great story, Andy. You're right. right. It's, it's, yeah. no doubt yeah. that's a great, happy ending kind of thing. And we will be praying for Byron Wolf when he goes under the knife on December twentieth. That you said that was the date, right? All right. Yes. Very well. Let's get back to sports or something else. Uh, are you done venting? Oh, yeah. Are you done venting? Last half hour you were venting you know, a
12: lot. No, my, my, I get paid to vent. That's okay. my job. I I'm I'm a talk radio guy. So what do I do? I vent. I vent on things and you know, I'll be on things in sports whatever it may be and you know, and, and to some extent so do you, but you're more of a storyteller. You're good. You're calm. You talk to people. You don't get you, know, you don't really have a high and a low.
2: You're good if, Kia, if there's
12: any well, I'm not I'm like a roller
2: coaster. If there's anybody that can bring it out of me, believe me it's you. Uh and and you haven't know. you haven't done so yet, so maybe you need to try just a little bit harder to agitate me than you already have so far. Well,
12: I don't have to try hard. I mean, I just I, I know what buttons to push with you, really. And uh you know, one of the stories I, I read I, actually today I read it in SI.com saying that Luke Fickle was basically contacted weeks ago after the University of Cincinnati beat East Carolina in football. You know, he was contacted by the athletic director of Wisconsin. And obviously now, you know, he's the new football coach at University, University of Wisconsin. Yeah. So any schmuck who actually thought that, you know, after Cincinnati lost the uh, conference championship game and after that game he decided to go to Wisconsin, it happened overnight, you've got to be an idiot. You know, this was a long process. So when you talk about a long process, you've got to scratch your head and say to yourself, wait a minute, it's a long process. There were separate games left for the remainder of the season. Does he tell his team? He knows what's going on. What does he tell recruits? What does he tell potential players that he's visited their homes, that he's visited their parents, saying, come here, come to the University of Cincinnati and play for me? You know, what does that do? How do you live with yourself? I mean, the coaching profession really – is it's a great paying profession and coaches certainly have a great influence on youngsters being in the high school college or pro ranks but the point is that how do you do that there's got to be a better way
2: don't you think i think that uh recruiting has changed so much since the transfer portal opened up andy because if yeah. you don't get that five-star guy initially you know there's still a chance you could have him the next year you know, you, well, I mean, like do, do you, no, do you get what I'm saying? I mean, it's just like because of the transfer por- portal, which makes it so much easier than it used to be for college football players, basketball players to transfer schools, and I, and I think it should be easy. But what I'm saying is because of that. The initial recruiting, while still important, is not as crucial as it used to be maybe to college football. What do you think about that?
12: And I will tell you, the transfer portal to me is is nothing more than free agency in college athletics. And I have no problem with that because if a kid doesn't feel right at that school, but it's not a question of feeling right athletically, don't you have to feel right academically? All I know is this. When I was in college, there was a point in time after my sophomore year, I was thinking of transferring. And one of the reasons why I did not is because all the credits I'd have to take over again or lose or whatever. What happens to these athletes? I've never heard a story where a guy goes from school A to school B, and automatically he's in there, and they accept the credit. I, I don't get it, how that works. But that's not for me to talk about it. Maybe you should get, like, some educator on there, some president of a university who really should be proud of his academia and, and really getting players in here. For example, no, Andy, yesterday... If,
2: yeah, okay, go ahead. Uh, example, yesterday... yesterday,
12: yesterday, what? yesterday uh, Uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, was introduced as the new coach at the University of Colorado. God bless him. He's going to change that program and change the culture. They were 1-11 last year. Yeah, right? He meets the team and he says, you know, look around, fellas. A lot of you guys won't be having a seat here next year. Basically, he's telling them, go to the portal Put your name out there because, you know, you're one in 11. You're probably not good enough for what I want here. And he's going out there to the portal and bringing in players. He's going to turn
2: it around. (laughs) So uh, it's just that recruiting has taken on a different meaning than than what it used to be. It would just be scouting the high schools. Now it's scouting the portals. Right. Yeah. You can
12: have a bigger heyday with the portals than going to high school to high school. You're getting a veteran player, a guy who's played collegiate football. I mean, you don't know how a high school kid who played in the sticks, and I hate to use that term, but played in the sticks in front of maybe 200 people, how is he going to react going to the University of Michigan, playing in the big house in front of 100,000 people? Well, you know, He always... may have a great skill set in the game of football, but he may not be able to play, and he may melt under a
2: big crowd. Andy Furman, what I've always worried about, or wondered, not worried, but wondered about was how come... These coaches have to leave before the end of their seasons, i.e. their final bowl game. Why would they want to? I know we point to, we're, oh, he's, he's been hired, he's got to get on the job right away, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. We were just talking about that. What I'm, I'm wondering is, wouldn't it be cool if Luke Fickle were coaching on the sidelines and Satterfield was coaching on the sidelines for L when the two teams meet? I mean, how, how happenstantical would that be? the outgoing coach and the incoming coach on the sidelines, and I, neither one, of course, is going to be doing that in that bowl game. It'll be assistant coaches or whatever. But I I think there ought to be a rule that if you're going to switch at the end of a season, you can't actually sign and switch until that season is completely over for your team. What about well, something you're like the that? the
12: question, honestly, because you talked about the portal. The portal opened this week. The portal opened on December 5th. Oh, yeah. So, if you're a coach and you're signing a new school, are you going to want to stay at your old school or go out there and start gobbling up players off the portal for your new school? That's the way it is. I mean, you answered the question now. Maybe they should push the portal back. I don't know what they could do to change that. It's awkward. There's no doubt about that. But as long as the portal is at that point in time and you've got to start getting players for the next season... That's just the way it's gonna be. We saw it before. Brian Kelly did it when he left Cincinnati to go to Notre
2: Dame. That happens all the time. What I'm saying is maybe the recruiting rules should change until there is a national champion crowned. In other words, no no uh no recruiting at that point, no matter what you've done before, no porthole opens until the national champion is determined and, and all of the teams have completed playing their schedules. I would love to see that myself.
12: Never happened. I'll tell you why. You're a high school player. It's not fair. I want to know where I'm going to college or who I'm being recruited by before Christmas. Too bad. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. If I play high school football right now and I'm a pretty good ball player, I know that I've gotten some letters or some visits or whatever it may be to various schools. I want to have that locked up before anything, before the first of the year. That's just the way it is. Sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm telling you, it's the way it is, and that's why I want it to be if I'm a player. It's not fair. not fair to the athletes. Well,
2: why Why would I need to do it before before January or before, you know, February 1st? do you I want mean, to know
12: where you're going to school? do you want to know where you're going to school the well, following if, year? If, I mean, if you're,
2: obviously, if you're that heavily recruited and you're noted as one of the great players, you're going to be going somewhere to school. You know that. It's not a question of... Will anybody sign me? It's somebody's going to sign me, and I got more time to think about it. I think it's—I think it's a good thing for players. So then you're telling me that these
12: coaches will not go out and watch these players or you know review them on tape? It's, it's awkward. I mean, no, it's I'm just, not saying it's that
2: they—I'm not saying that they. That's what you're saying. It's too late. The genie's out of the bottle. Pandora's box is open. I'm saying maybe it's time to put the lid back on it and bring some common sense into recruiting for the student athlete, him or herself, and for the institution to make sure it's a good fit. Look, if you were to ask me,
12: and I agree that if a player is not happy at school A and thinks he has a better opportunity to play and show off his stuff at school B, let him go. However, in the scheme of things, where they call these kids, called student-athletes, scrub that term, please. They're no longer student-athletes. They're pros that Thank don't you. get paid. That's basically what they are. There's an open season right now. It's free agency. It's a joke. It really is. I mean, so, certain schools right now, you get a degree from a school where kids are going in and out. It, it's meaningless. Think about that. I mean, honestly, how do you go from school A to school B and just pick right up? And I know you're not sitting out, but do they accept these credits? I mean, I would love. To talk to a school administrator, not necessarily an athletic director, but because they probably wouldn't give you the real story. But maybe a Andy, school president.
2: Andy, if you if you're being pursued, you're recruited by a school, and you jump over to the school. That's all they care about. They'll they'll accept your your credits that you've already supposedly in quotation marks okay, let's earned. A, let's give me an Here's an example.
12: All right, Gary Jeff Walker is an A student academically you're not much of an athlete. Maybe you play chess. All right. Maybe e-sports. Andy Furman is an athlete. Okay. And I'm a five-star athlete. You and I both go to the same college. And we're thinking of transferring. I put my name in the portal and my, I'm a C average, but I'm a great athlete. And school A says, yeah, we'll, we'll take you. We want you, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts. You could play football for us. You'll start but a bing, but bang. Gary Jeff Walker, Is a good friend of mine wants to go with me to the same school. A they look at your transcript, they say, Yeah, you got some great grades, but you know, you're gonna have to like make up 37 credits and you'll need a language too. You know, you haven't taken your language requirement yet, you can't get in. Is that fair? Is that the way it should be? I I want to know what's going on with these
2: transferings. I have a master's in pig Latin. No, uh, here's the thing how come for your analogy, I was the nerd. With the straight yeah, A's, you know, and yeah. you were the athlete. What, what? I mean, I think it would be probably the well, other way. The other way around. That's I think basically the way it is. If you no, if you were going to develop a scenario, which was a fake scenario to to make your point, which I don't think you made really well. But anyway, well, regardless, regardless, I'm thinking that I would be the athlete. I actually played basketball. I, I played. Well, let, t- let me tell you
12: something. Okay. Okay, Mister Big Stuff. Let's pick out ten sports. All right. You pick out ten, I'll pick out ten. I will beat you in eight of those ten. All right? Beat you in eight of, have you run the flying pig marathon? I don't think so. I don't think you could walk around the block five times without passing out. All right? I have more an athlete than you. Believe me. Swimming, when, when was the last running, when was
2: the last time you ran the flying ran the flying pig marathon? Before COVID. Before COVID. Okay, well, I mean, 1980 could be before COVID, Andy. That's not telling me anything. Well, okay, I don't know. I don't know the exact date, but I'll find the yeah, 1980. Yeah, 1980, I'm not, I'm not
12: 1980. doing it anymore. 1980, you ran no, no, the flying pit. Don't give me 1980. <laughs> it wasn't. First of all, I, I didn't live here in 1980, so it wasn't 1980. All right, but you were running so, marathons you know, then. Don't don't backtrack on me now, please. You were running marathons. I don't hear ten sports. Yeah, I, I know the ten sports you're going to give me. What? Bingo, shooting pool. Okay. Darts. I know the sports you're giving me. Checkers and chess. Those are your sports. And that's fine.
2: Someone's gonna play him. The only sport I think that you could take me in, perhaps, just because of the embarrassment, uh, would be Greco Roman wrestling. That'd be the only sport oh. you might be able to take me in. But I wouldn't want to get that close to I'm you. not I'm not so doing that. That's not no. gonna happen. I'm not doing that. No. So that's not gonna well, be one I'm of not. my ten. So that's one I know I'm gonna win. What about bowling? What, what other sports could you beat me What, a, in, really? what, a, what about, about bowling? It. Let's talk bowling for a second. That's a sport. That's not a sport.
12: That's 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 a recreation to drink beer. That's that's not really a sport. Bowling. They have their you know, Andy, it's, 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 they have their
2: sport. They have their own congress for God's sake. Okay,
12: I am only joking. I'll bowl with you and I could beat you in bowling. There's no way. in years. There's so no i way. To beat you because I know I have the athletic skill to beat you in. I will not let mentally I'm tougher
2: than you. I will not let you beat me. Mentally you're tougher and physically you say oh, you're no tougher. Doubt. Oh, there's no doubt about But my see, mind. Andy, are I, you kidding me? I have no doubt in my mind that spiritually I'm stronger than you. So Maybe spiritually, will, will, but not mentally. That will that will trump all will right there.
12: I want I want this to be an open season where your listeners and you have tons of listeners over thirty eight states to email you and, and give us a list of events and we'll get it together and we'll do it. And maybe we'll put some cash up there, and the money will go maybe to the point for charity. You go, to the point, off Andy. Charity.
2: Andy, you go first on the uneven bars. I'm not doing those. They're,
12: I I've, took those courses in college. I've seen, I I've, in seen some, I've seen
2: guys have some horrific accidents on the uneven bars. I'm just well, saying. I'm not
12: going to go on them now. I haven't been on them in years,
2: but I did all that
12: stuff in college.
2: I did it. All right. So, Gary Jeff Walker at 700WLW.com. If you've got a list of sports or events that would pit me directly against Andy Furman, we'll see who the big, bag, strong athlete is. Okay. What do you think? Sounds great. All right, I'll be. I I love it. I'll be waiting for the emails. And I'll be waiting to hear. Really, but I want to
12: see them because you may doctor them because I know the way you are. You know, a,
2: a list of a list of sports and events. How am I going to doctor that? You just copy them
12: down. Well, I mean you'll get one. No, you'll get a list that you don't like, so you'll pitch it and give me another list. We know. So we will just keep them. Don't be deleting anything.
2: We know definitely that we are bowling against each other. That let's okay, let's just ma- let's make a date of that right there. Bowling, golf, bowling. I didn't say golf. golf. I didn't say golf. That might be one you could beat okay. me. Okay, but uh, all right. Running, running, swimming. Oh, I can still run like a scalded dog if I need to, Furball. Hey, listen. Uh, you run, okay. I, I, swimming. I, I, I got to get out of the hour. We'll wait for the suggestion list, and I'll let you know next week. All right. Okay. All right, Andy. Sounds good, Andy Furman. Love you. Is Thank this you. it? Are we
12: go- Are we leaving now? Is this it?
2: Yeah, you're, you're finally free.
12: It's getting hot and heavy now. Now you're leaving me. Okay, that's good. Fine.
2: <laughs> Have a good night. Good night. Jeez. The furball on the nightcap. <laughs> Back after a break. 700 WLW.
3: Experts warn cash, stocks, and bonds could become worthless. Crypto is crashing and gold is too risky. How should you protect your money? Invest in chickens. <laughs>
8: Sometimes, things don't seem quite right. Discover how chickens can protect you from the coming economic collapse. (laughs) And that's when you need a little Scott Sloan common sense. Look, I'm about the real stuff. You the problems and the issues that actually affect you. But I also make sure we have a little fun along the way. Check out Sloanie tomorrow morning at
7: 9 on 700 WLW. And be sure to catch his podcast on the iHeartRadio app.
4: I love mornings. Which is a good thing, since the Today Show starts early. We're here to give you the best start. You get the news, learn something new, and
2: it is the nightcap on seven hundred WLW. Gary Jeff Walker into another hour, and why am I so happy? What do you think? Because it's Hatter time. You know, it's it's not like MC Hammer. It's like it's like Dave Hatter. Like Dave had her time, and we are, uh, uh, and so, no, it's all right. We, we got the connection now, my brother. I was just welcoming you to the program, and uh, I understand you got to do some driving today, and you just love driving.
13: Just love driving, Gary, Jeff. You know, it's always such a joy, especially when it's rainy like this on the interstate.
2: Always a treat. 20, <laughs> <20? laughs> how are you other than that? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? Fine, thanks. 20 million people. In 21 states, still at risk of dangerous health care after cyber attack. There was an IT breach one of the biggest hospital chains. It's already caused overdoses, cancer delays, and ambulance diversions. Tell me about this, what you know of it, Dave.
13: Yeah, I think this is a really interesting story on two fronts. It really makes the point that we've talked about so many times where our society is increasingly digital. We rely on this technology for things that we used to do manually. And when it fails, it has a much larger societal impact. So I think this nicely illustrates that. And you may recall, Gary, Jeff, about three or four years ago, the very first story, uh, ZDNet reported on it pretty extensively, came out of Germany where there was a ransomware attack on a hospital. And it was the first known incidence that has been reported anyway of someone that died as a result of a ransomware attack or a, a digital attack, a cyber attack, whatever you want to call it, because... A patient was going to this German hospital, had to be diverted, and they passed away along the way, unfortunately. So you got that whole digital to physical interconnection and us being reliant on this. And then it also shows just how devastating a ransomware attack can be. And, you know, I, I talk to the customers and prospects and the general public about this stuff all the time. People think it'll never happen to me. I'm too small. Now, this is a big hospital chain. You mentioned 21 states. But it's not just the initial attack, shutting their systems down, encrypting their data, you know, uh, destroying their ability to operate. It's all of the patient data that has potentially been exfiltrated because now most ransomware attacks have two components. They get in and encrypt your data, hold it for ransom. And then when you say, I don't want to pay, they say, that's nice. We have also stolen all of your data and now we're going to start to release it. So now you potentially have all this sensitive patient information, stuff that would normally be HIPAA protected that you know would be valuable not only to hold the the hospital chain hostage but also to potentially steal people's identities sell that data on the black market so you know it's it's a pretty devastating attack both because it's a cyber attack that's caused these outages and also because of the potential long-term consequences of all this data being stolen so Yeah, it's a huge problem, and I checked their website yesterday, and as far as I know, they're still suffering some outages from this attack. So you're talking about an attack that's had this place down for almost a month, or at least incapacitated to some degree for a month. I mean, think
2: of what that's costing. What's the name of the hospital chain? Do you know?
13: Uh, I don't remember offhand, and unfortunately, as you know, I'm in the car. It's some name I hadn't heard of, and when I looked at the map, it didn't appear that they had any location in Kentucky or Ohio. All right. uh, I think it might be Franciscan something or other, All right. uh, but yeah, 21 states, millions of patients impacted. It, it's a major attack, and unfortunately, I think we'll see more of those uh, rather than less as we well, move into the future. you know what,
2: having my medical records breached could be very, very bad for me, because I don't want people to find out about after the incident in the Red, Redneck Revy area back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, Took, yeah, I get it. <laughs> took, took about three weeks for the rash to fully go away. Uh, here, a case of I'm seeing, I'm seeing this headline, Dave Hatter, as another example of Apple as a company just bowing down to communist China. A report out that Apple limits airdrop on iPhones in China after file sharing feature was used by the protesters in China.
13: I, you know, Gary Jeff is very disappointing to me, uh, and I've probably said this to you before. You know, I'm I would not call myself a fan of any of these large tech companies: Facebook, Twitter, uh, Microsoft, any, you know, any Apple, Google, any of these big players. They all have their issues. It for me is often the degree of you know which one provides the best capabilities for myself and my customers, and you know hopefully along the same lines, are the least damaging to uh, me and my customers and society. That's sort of the lens I'm looking at it through. And for a long time, and I've probably said it on your show before, and I've said it elsewhere, that generally speaking, Apple has been one of the more privacy-friendly companies out there. Now, there's been some dispute about that recently outside of this article but, yeah, it just seems – and, and I, there is one, one spot of good news on the Apple front, which is apparently they're now looking to try to start to move their manufacturing processes out of China, which I think is a win. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how you can see it any other way than apparently, because they want you know business in China, they're willing to limit AirDrop. And for people that don't know, AirDrop is a very handy feature that allows you to transfer stuff from one Apple phone to another within a certain range. Um, it's also been hacked, it's had its issues. I generally recommend to people that you disable it by default and only turn it on if you want to use it for a specific period of time and then turn it off again. But apparently in places where there's been lots of civil unrest, um, it's known that protesters have used this to kind of get around the great Chinese firewall, if it's called, and be able to share information, photos, videos, et cetera. And yeah, it's very disappointing to me that Apple kind of surreptitiously, because they rushed out an update, And, you know, we talk all the time on here about updates. There's a a recent Apple update. As a matter of fact, if you're on an Apple product, I encourage you to get it. But they kind of buried this in the last round of updates, and then it came out. And, you know, I don't know if you happened to catch it. There was an interview where Tim Cook was somewhere, and a reporter was asking him about this and and some stuff, and he basically just didn't answer any of the questions. So, yeah, honestly, I know I'm kind of rambling on here. It's very disappointing to see... Apple behaving this way when, generally speaking, they have been one of the more privacy and security oriented companies out there. uh it's, it's starting to make me rethink being able to recommend them, although, as you know, you don't have that many options at this point. You know, in the phone space, you really only have two major players Google, which is, you know.
6: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered JumbaCasino.com.
9: It's my little escape.
6: Now, Judy's the life of the party.
9: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
6: Whoa. No purchase necessary. Void. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
10: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin-Marshall credit card bill.
13: I never really have anything good to say about Google and <laughs> Apple. So your, your choices are limited at this point.
2: Yep, no question about it, sadly. And also, sadly, just because of time restrictions tonight, we, sometimes we've got a whole half hour, not so much tonight, Dave. But I'm just going to leave this tease on people's ears. <laughs> so the next time you and I talk, we'll do a whole segment on this. MIT researchers creating robots that give birth to other robots. And with that... Yeah, pretty interesting, isn't it? Well, we'll find out. So, I mean, uh, I don't know what your schedule is at this point, but next week at some point, can we get into this more fully?
13: It would be my pleasure, Gary, (laughs) Yes, You just let me know what works for you and we'll make it work.
2: All right. Thanks, Dave Hatter. Appreciate you, bro. My pleasure. Happy Holidays and Merry Christmas and driving, whatever it is you're doing. Uh, we'll take a break
3: and come back with Daniel Greenfield next on the Nightcap on 700 WLW. People have always craved entertainment. During the Spanish Inquisition, dungeon guards would hold Tuesday night trivia contests. Your question, who carved statue of David? Which was great fun, as long as you got the answer right. Who's David. Penalties! Ow, that hurts! Today we have something better. Eddie Fingers and Rocky Boyman. They're very entertaining and rarely resort to trivia. Eddie and Rocky. Tomorrow afternoon
7: at 3 on 700
4: WLW. I love mornings, which is a good thing since the Today Show starts early. We're here to give you the best start. You get the news, learn
5: something new, and even get a little boost.
10: We begin our day so you can take on yours.
3: Watch the Today Show every morning on NBC.
5: It's back, flu season. Once again, it's that time of year when lots of people.
2: 2022, Gary Jeff Walker with you on the nightcap on 700 WLW. Our next guest for the next few minutes is a showman journalism fellow at the David Horowitz Freedom Center, investigative journalist, writer, focusing on the radical left and Islamic terrorism. His name is Daniel Greenfield, and he's on the phone right now. Hi, Dan. How are you doing this evening? Good, good. How are you? fantastic good to talk to you i saw a little bit of a piece i guess from last week about biden's drag queen nuclear advisor now this is the guy who got caught in an airport stealing people's clothes and their roller bags isn't it same guy
14: well not just people he stole the um luggage of a woman. He stole her clothing because this is a guy who is a drag queen and he likes to dress up in women's clothing. You can see him just wearing red dresses to um, political events and uh, wearing red lipstick under his mustache.
2: Yes, he's quite fetching, actually. Um, yes. wh- what What is his name and what is his position or, or assumed position? I guess that's a pun. I should have avoided assumed position. But <laughs> but, but, but what... What is his position in the White House?
14: So uh, Biden decided to take this guy who had had no meaningful, uh, you know, experience with that and make him the deputy assistant secretary of spent fuel and waste disposition. We're talking about nuclear fuel. Uh, he was described as a nuclear engineer. You know, despite the fact, again, he just held various political roles. He had no qualifications for the job. Whistleblower noted actually that he was. Just selected for political reasons, because, you know, the Biden administration needs a drag queen. You know, this is just a position you fill now.
2: Right, because they want uh, their administration to, quote, look like America. Uh, I guess one out of thousands of idiots isn't too bad. But at the, at the same time, Daniel, uh, this is a problem that is rife throughout the Biden administration. And it, it happens in every presidential administration. Let's be honest about that. Because there were there were people by meritocracy in the Trump administration sometimes that had no business even as advisors, you know. And I I, I think of God, uh, yeah, what was her name, Amarosa, who was who was Thank in the you. early early days of the Trump yeah. White House. But we we have come so far away from meritocracy and being good at something to get to the level. That you, you have uh, ascended to, uh, and that is completely gone in this White House, is it not?
14: Oh, it absolutely is. Look, we have no meritocracy in the federal government. We certainly have no meritocracy in political appointments. If we had, you know, the history of the last few decades it would look very different. But the Biden administration is just taking this to new lows. They had Sam Britton, who we're talking about now, the drag queen. Uh, they decided to take the um, health leader from Pennsylvania, a guy named uh, Rick Levine. Who wears a blonde wig and claims to be racial again? Uh, this was a guy who pulled his mother out of a nursing home while pushing COVID patients at the nursing homes, resulting in thousands of deaths. The Biden administration decided to take this guy and make him a four star admiral despite no naval experience <laughs> whatsoever.
2: How does that uh, happen? This was- Don't you think there's somebody in the Navy that's going, wait a minute?
14: I'm sure they are, but they have absolutely no authority to do anything, just like you know, the Obama administration decided to name a ship after Harvey Milk. Uh, they're using the military as their own hand puppets to push their own insane agendas, and their agendas are just getting crazier and crazier by the week.
2: Something you might be interested in and you probably do know about already, uh, there is now a Muslim mosque shelter in Tijuana, which is just two blocks from the border where migrants, Muslim migrants, are now. And there's nothing wrong with having a a mosque anywhere, mind you. But this close to the American border with the border problems we already have in this country. And then there's the worry about Islamic terrorism and all that other coming through the southern border, along with all of the poisonous fentanyl that's coming from China through the Mexican drug cartels, Daniel. So we've got all of that, but uh yeah there's there's now a Muslim mosque slash shelter right at the border where they can gather and they're they're hoping at any moment to get over the wall illegally while sheltering inside this mosque
14: absolutely people think you know it's Mexicans at the border, no, it's people from all over the world, anybody who can fly into Mexico and cross the border. We have large numbers of Pakistanis uh, going across the border, and they don't even have to climb the wall. Under Biden, all they have to do is just walk to the border, uh, turn themselves in, and claim asylum, and then they get released. And this is happening on a massive scale. So we've got millions of people coming in. Uh, A bunch of them have shown up on terror watch lists, but it absolutely does not matter. So we've got uh, people from Pakistan, people from the Middle East just, again, crossing the border, and the Biden administration is enabling this.
2: And in in just a few minutes, by the way, our next guest is Todd Benzman, who works for the Center for Immigration Studies. And we will go into further depth on that particular topic at that time. But we're talking to Daniel Greenfield from the David Horowitz Freedom Center. And, uh, Daniel, have you got anything else that's uh, cooking on your register this week? Because I know the uh, talking points uh, about the drag queen. I saw the story last week, and I saw that you had a commentary on it and, and read some of that. And it was brilliant But uh, what are you working on this week? Anything new?
14: I'm delving into the background of Biden's assistant attorney general for national security, who actually served on the board, along with, by the way, Secretary of State Blinken, of an organization that lobbied for terrorists that sued the United States government on behalf of Islamic terrorists. Just an example of how screwed up this administration is, how everything that is right is wrong in this administration.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. When I I see the the backwards world, it's 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 opposite world. Almost every time you turn around, you know. And then there is again. You, you mentioned Rachel Rick Levine, now a four star admiral, and and making decisions about health and whatever it is she's making decisions about. He she. Uh, we have an epidemic of of grooming going on around the country. In public schools, uh, among fifth and sixth in, in some in some areas of the country, fifth and sixth year olds, five and six and seven year olds are being taught about drag queens and about uh, you know alternate sex and about it's 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 really sick. It's a sexualization of children. I call it uh, uh, pedophilic child abuse, basically, and that is being sanctioned by these uh, upside down people.
14: Oh, absolutely. No, we decade ago, even maybe five years ago, we would have just called it straight up sex abuse. We would have uh, sent these people to jail. Certainly, they would not be working as teachers. But when this starts being promoted from the top down as a curriculum and the Department of Education gets behind it and the state educators get behind it and it becomes part of teacher training, then suddenly, all of a sudden, um, we can take evil and treated like it's good like it's a mandatory and disney and every single company will get together and fight for it and this is just an example of the worst possible things we can imagine being mainstreamed and normalized with the support of corporations and with the support of the government
2: you know having frank <laughs> it is our pleasure on the nightcap to have our own correspondent on the southern border though we're not paying him we couldn't pay him what he's worth <laughs> because we don't have that kind of a budget From the CIS, the Center for Immigration Studies, Todd Benzman, joins us for an update on our southern border. Todd, the problem continues. 73,000 gotaways just, what, in the last month at the border that they can tell us about. And now all of the repositioning of plans and how to make uh, illegals legal, like with the wave of a wand by uh, Mayorkas and the Biden administration and much more, I'm sure, to report. What's our latest, Todd?
15: Well, right now, uh, the federal agencies responsible for border security are putting together plans, rushing uh, forces to the border and resources for the uh, lifting of Title 42 on December 21st. It doesn't look like like any the last minute uh court action is going to succeed so uh it does look like title 42 will end and at that point uh the government is expecting a tsunami of humanity to just uh, pour in and preparing to you know pretty much usher everybody who comes to the border right into the country or to deal with them one way or another most of them will probably end up in the resettling in the country
2: well we've been We've been experiencing a so-called tsunami for the last two years with Joe Biden's welcome, Matt, and this just exacerbates it because there are no protocol calls now. Now, when the president still says we're under a COVID-19 emergency, he's lifting the COVID-19 travel rules. Is that essentially what it comes down to?
15: Yeah, and, you know, you ain't seen nothing yet because the intelligence community is – Predicting anywhere from 12,000 to 18,000 a day. Right now, there's maybe 7,000, 7,500 a day, not including the gotaways, of course. That's that's a whole other – you could probably double it. But um, once the Title 42 is lifted, uh, pretty much everybody who comes to the border will be able to lodge an asylum claim or claim a few for humanitarian uh, consideration and probably the vast majority of them will will end up inside the united states 500,000 a month uh for i don't know how long that might go but but uh we are expecting a i guess if it was a it, we we've had a tsunami but it was a small tsunami by comparison to what the intelligence community is predicting once 42 is lifted
2: this is this is indonesia That's coming. (laughs) This is like, (laughs) exactly, I I hate to make light of such a terrible human tragedy, but this is a terrible human tragedy, and it's a terrible tragedy for our country and our sovereignty, Todd. And this is the point that people are missing. Yes, America, the United States of America, generally across the board, is one of the most generous countries in the world. We're the big melting, the great melting pot. We are made up of immigrants ourselves like no other country in the world. But this is dangerous. It's dangerous to our safety social nets. It's dangerous to our economy, which already, you know, that's the other thing. If the economy was just absolutely booming and kicking butt, it'd be one thing to fold in another, oh, 15, 20 million people into the country from all the corners of the world. But we're not exactly kicking ass right now economically, so this does not help either. And then there's the fentanyl problem, and we know for a fact that China is shipping the components to make fentanyl to Mexico, to the cartels. They are making the fentanyl, and they are flooding our country like never before with poison. This is not an illegal drug problem. This is a poisoning problem, and Americans are suffering by the hundreds of thousands every single year.
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
15: Well, it's true. We have a a major drug trafficking increase problem. Uh, Fentanyl is part of that. But, you know, we also have a national security problem in the sense that we had nine more immigrants cross in October who were on the FBI's terrorism watch list, nine. And that adds to the 98 that we already had for the fiscal year of 2022. That's not going away. Uh, we, we have uh, people coming in who are uh, formerly convicted of homicide in the United States and rape and child molestation. They're all coming back to slip through uh, the border defenses that are down right now. Uh, so we have a lot of criminality uh, coming over the border as well, like just regular criminality. That we are not catching, undoubtedly we are not catching, and certainly we're not deporting them when, when we do catch them in the interior. So well if no,
2: if they've already c- committed a serious major criminal offense in this country, been thrown out and got back in, why aren't we prosecuting them? well why aren't they putting them under a jail?
15: Well, the ones that we catch within the 100 mile border patrol jurisdiction we are, uh, we're, we're taking care of them, we're deporting them and charging them. The problem is that their presence indicates the presence of many more just like them who are among the godaways, the ones that are runners that are getting through the defenses, the million godaways, at least. Uh, there are some estimates saying that, that there are at least two million gotaways. Uh, it shows us that people who had been previously convicted inside the United States and deported are on their way back. Uh, We're getting a lot of of reports about that.
2: But again, many of these people, many of these people, while they were, while they were here breaking our law about them being here illegally, they broke other laws. They were thrown out of the country. They're back. And are you telling me that those people, if they're not within 100 miles of the border, when they're apprehended, there's nothing that we can do or there's nothing we're doing
15: well what we were doing is vastly reduced uh, by volume we we pro- try to pro- we say that, that we prioritize the deportation of criminal aliens from the interior but those numbers are down by 70 80 90% over all prior years that we've ever even had that we had that so we we have an, we've essentially abolished ICE as the problem from in the interior and we've created all these safe zones uh, where we're not allowed to uh, – ICE agents are not allowed to tread. And in order to deport anybody, we have, they have to contact headquarters in Washington and seek permission. <laughs> so it's this big, long process. And most of the ICE agents on the interior aren't very busy these days. They've ended deportation as we know it. from the interior of the country.
2: Well, uh, we also have noted in our past conversations, and you have noted in your own observations, Todd Benzman, about uh, the volume of people who are not coming from the Triangle countries, not coming from Mexico, and in many cases not even coming from South America. Venezuela, of course, opening up their jails and sending their criminals up here. Uh, But there is a large contingent, of Arab and Muslims coming from the other side of the world. And we've had many cases of people on the terror watch list being apprehended at the border that, you know, and, and, and the one you wonder about the ones that got through that we don't know about. But now there's a mosque in Tijuana that is just, I mean, as close as you yeah. can get to the to the U.S. border. And there are all kinds of Muslim migrants who are attempting to get past the wall one way or the other, and they're all gathered there in their mosque.
15: That's right. Uh, I, I did go to visit that mosque, uh, knock about uh, in the area, and interview uh, some of its guests and also its director about national security matters. Uh, nobody had ever really posed the question that the the center has been there for uh, about six seven months now that it opened in june of 2022 and it's for expressly for muslim immigrants and the there's no problem with them uh catering to muslim immigrants except that the united states regards muslim immigrants coming to cross the border as a special category called special interest aliens that are supposed to once they're tagged trigger all kinds of security filtering on the Mexican side that does not appear to be happening. i found no evidence that there is uh, any concerted effort on the uh, Mexican side uh, to vet them, to find out who they are. And in normal times, uh, we would. The Mexicans would do that at our behest and we'd be inside their detention centers interviewing them and, and fingerprinting and you know, running, running checks and trying to determine whether there's deception and who they are, right? Well, uh, it looks like not a whole lot of that is going on anymore. Uh, the, the, the center there is for the support of people who are all planning to cross that border one way or another. And like I said and you said, we have record numbers who are already on the FBI's terrorism watch list. So, are they coming through there? Is that a funneling spot for them? Uh, you know we don't know because it appears that the American government has laid has, has taken a hands off approach to this shelter down there. the first one like it. and also one last thing about that is it demonstrates that there's sufficient demand that there's sufficient traffic from those areas right. to justify. A mosque a shelter in in Tijuana, a mosque shelter for immigrants, two blocks from the wall. You can see it. You can see the wall. It's just down the street.
2: Well, Todd, uh, there are already enough loopholes for people to get into our country. You know, there's refugees, you know, who marry their brothers so they can bring them in and then they get elected to Congress.
15: On Omar. Yeah, I think I I know, I know at least one of those. Yeah. <laughs> and so there
2: are already plenty of ways to sneak into the country, to sneak people in. But the Biden administration and the newest policies just making it even easier. And the letting go of the Title 42 rules this month will, as you mentioned, create an even bigger tsunami, a wave of people that, you know, there is the old. We have plenty of room in this country geographically. I'll give you that. But as far as our ability to handle that influx of people who are not citizens, I think we're we're way over our skis as a country here, Todd.
15: The author and remember,
2: yeah, go ahead.
15: Well, I was just going to say, remember that you know when people cross the border illegally, they're strangers. We have no idea who they are. A lot of them don't even have identification.
2: Yeah, oh, I understand. The author of America's Covert Border War and the new book out next year called Overrun from the Center for Immigration Studies. Our man on the case, Todd Benzman. Thank you so much, friend. Anytime. Good to be here. Great to have you on the nightcap once again. Take a break and come back. 700 WLW.
4: I love mornings, which is a good thing since the Today Show starts early. W233BG
5: Cincinnati.
2: I don't know how people do it. I mean, just nonstop, all the time, talking, thinking, eating, sleeping, dreaming, vomiting, politics. I, it just, it, it boggles my mind that people are so fascinated. And at the same time, I understand their fascination and their uh, assignment of importance to politics in America, especially in 2022. Because so many of the decisions being made without our permission are happening at these high levels of elective office, and we're allowing it to happen to us. So you you care about politics in as much as you better know what the hell they're doing so you know what to prepare for, to battle against it. And uh, so with that... I'm going to take a break from politics. I'm not even going to break down the final vote tallies in the Georgia Senate runoff between Walker and Warnock. I'm going to turn all that off for a full day tomorrow. Maybe go see a movie with my wife. No, no Fox, no CNN, at least until maybe later. (laughs) But I will uh, be back with you, God willing, next Monday night. Of course, we'll be there on Saturday for you around 5.35 for the Saturday morning edition. But another nightcap planned for next week? And we never know. The best laid plans. Mice and men oft go rye. And with that, I leave you with the playing of the national anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner, to honor this great country, a country that has allowed people the liberty And the ability, the economic ability, to call it the worst country on the face of the earth, it disgusts me that they do that. But I love this country. I do, however, fear its government. 700 WLW.
3: weather news radio 700 wlw cincinnati
16: democrats hold on to the u.s senate seat from georgia with the 12 o'clock report i'm sean mccormick breaking now a celebration in atlanta tuesday as democrat Raphael warnock retains his senate seat narrowly defeating Republican challenger Herschel Walker. ABC News correspondent Rachel Scott is in the Wardock campaign headquarters. She says the Democrats have picked up a key victory in the Senate.
5: All I can keep thinking about tonight is just how many voters got out to vote in these record numbers. They got out to vote early. They got out to vote in person on Election Day. And though this does not uh, shift control of the Senate, Democrats now right majority in the Senate, and that is going to make their lives a whole lot easier. There's a lot of breathing room for them when it comes to confirming a President Biden's judicial nominees, but also legislating and negotiating within their own party.
16: Now the latest traffic and weather together. There are no major delays or accidents on tri-state highways.
6: Now the latest forecast from the Advanced Industry Weather Center. Ever wonder what visiting the dentist without
11: fear would feel like? Learn about the advanced dentistry difference at NoFearDentist.com.
6: We'll see the rain, storms, starting to end near morning. And then we'll have a low of 50 degrees at 7 a.m. Now, for our Wednesday, plenty of clouds, still the fog. There's a slight chance of showers early, a high of 58. At night, we're going to stay cloudy and a low of 45. From your severe weather station, I'm 9 First Warning, Chief Meteorologist Steve Raleigh. News Radio 700 W.
16: WLW radar shows most of the rain moving away from Cincinnati. There's a spot up around Forest Park that is some light rain, and then getting into Kentucky uh, around uh, Independence, some heavy rain. Also uh, back across the river in Ohio and Claremont County, uh, just southeast of Batavia